crazy time of year but I think this is a good topic to talk about since it's part of our childhoods and now our adulthoods. It is definitely part of our adulthoods now. <laughs> like I'm already laughing. We're going to be talking about the new Muppets TV show today or as I like to call it Office Space the Muppets um, <laughs> because they are Office Space sorry the Office Muppets because of the opening. It's like almost exactly like the Office. Yes, it, it feels very much like that, and they deal with some grown-up stuff like the like the office. So, and there's been a lot of different, wide-ranging opinions on mm-hmm. whether that is a good or a bad thing. Do you like that the Muppets have grown up? I love that the Muppets have grown up. I love that this show is aimed at the kid in me that used to watch the Muppets, but now I am an adult. And I can watch them like they're now the same age as me. It's almost yeah, so like they're, they're, they they're grew going up with the me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> kind of the strange thing is, is that I don't know that the Muppets were. I mean, yes, they're definitely sexier and raunchier now, but I don't know that they were. It, looking back on some of the episodes, that they were that pure and innocent. They were definitely speaking to adults as a variety show back in the day. Oh, they were. I mean, but they, as our friend Steve Glosson puts it, back in the day, they did a lot of the same things, talked about a lot of the same things, but they did it in a less in-your-face way. It was more of a kind of in-joke, behind-the-scenes type of deal. And I get it. I totally get it. it or I think he said that it was cl- more clever when Frank Oz was there and Jim Henson was there. And I get that, but I think it was supposed to be blatant. I think that was the point. And they even advertised it in the trailers that it was, you know, this is not the Muppets that you're used to. This is, you know, adult Muppets. And yet still, a whole group of moms and stuff gets all irate because it's not a family show. And I was just like, did you not see the trailers? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's on ABC, so there's a lot of moms that you know watch that network and you know follow that network and obviously I mean we've been to how many times have you been to the Muppets at Hollywood Studios so you know people could kind of think of it as kids to be with their kids Mm -hmm. but you know obviously the adult this is one of those cases where they're just going to go nostalgia and make these characters be the people in that writing room are just making them essentially be kind of avatars of themselves I can say the second episode was better than the first, in my opinion. There were still some very funny parts. And so I guess I'm just going to let everybody know, if you're listening and your kiddos are listening and stuff, 
and you don't want to let them watch The Muppet Show, then they may not want to listen to this episode, because I'm going to bring up some of my favorite quotes, and they may not necessarily be <laughs> child-friendly. Are they from the Swedish Swedish chef? Because he seemed like he was stealing the show. No, well, one of them is from Animal. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And Animal, what does he say? He can't go on tour because he's... He goes, uh, he says this. Um, so basically, Imagine Dragons was the guest on, uh, well, here's the premise of the show, for anybody who's not watching. Miss Piggy is hosting a late night variety talk show, and Kermit is producing it, and then all of the other Muppets are on it and helping or whatever. So this- and, and they're broken up. Yes. Miss Piggy and Kermit. I mean, that, that was a lot of people were upset about that, too. Yeah, they're, they're no longer a couple. Kermit is actually dating a new pig named Denise. Who has a very thick country accent. I keep thinking of her being on, like, barbecue sandwich. <laughs> That's horrible to say. Oh, my gosh. So, Imagine Dragons was the guest on the on Miss Piggy's show, and they'd been rehearsing, and they were they loved playing with the electric mayhem. And they were like, yeah, Animal, we'd love to have you on tour with us any time. And the electric mayhem and Dr. Teeth were like, no, 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 no. No, you can't go on tour. And Animal says, too many towns, too many women. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, you wouldn't expect for that to come out of Animal, which made it even funnier. But it was just, it was great. It was just, oh my gosh. And then there was another line that Kermit said when, because he and Piggy aren't really getting along and she's being her diva self. And he says, he says, my life is a bacon-wrapped hellhole. Yes. Oh, that was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. Well, but you know what? The animal part, when I went to the Frank Oz um, at Hollywood Studios' interview, and he talked about all these characters, That's he was talking about all these characters in, in the Muppets, and they all had these sad, horrible backstories that he was talking about. But, but for me, you know, animal is... Uh... You know, animal is, animal goes out at night, <laughs> like wandering around the railroad yard, <laughs> and you do not know where he really went, and you do not want to know, <laughs> don't want to know where he went, and you know, he eats glass, <laughs> I mean, he's really, I love that age, and the thing about animal is, I have three-dimensional characters, which people always work towards, is having three-dimensional characters, like Piggy, for instance. But animal on purpose is two-dimensional. He's monosyllabic. And if he was three-dimensional, he wouldn't be as much as dangerous. Yeah. You understand him more, but because you don't know what he's going to do, and they don't understand him, he's not three-dimensional, he's two-dimensional, uh, and he's not as deep. He's just, you know, he's just, he's, he's, okay, animal to me is, and I may have to say a word here, and that's not appropriate. Okay. But animal always has been five words to me, which is uh, drums, Food, sex, sleep, and pain. <laughs> so the too many towns, too many women. Now listening to Frank Oz talk about it, I was like, yeah, I can totally see it. So maybe they weren't steering that far away from who the characters were. Every everything that Frank Oz said was sort of these like heartfelt, very adult emotions he was applying to the Muppets when he was working on them. You know, so maybe it's that. You know, they created all these backstories, they created all these adult stories for all these characters, and then they just kind of watered it down a little bit. 
for the Muppets that used to be. I mean, it got watered down a lot for Muppet Babies, but <laughs> um, speaking of, that's a good show. Yes. Yeah, I love Muppet Babies, but there's just some great stuff, and the the cameos have been good so far. Let's see, there's been Josh Groban, um, Elizabeth Banks, Lawrence Fishburne. And the guy, the host of Dancing with the Stars. Tom Bergeron. Bergeron. That cracks yeah. me up, because I don't know, do you watch Dancing with the Stars? Yes. Okay, so you saw, so the next week, so just this past Monday, the Muppets were producing Dancing with the Stars. And so it opens up with Piggy hosting with Tom Bergeron and um, the Muppets are kind of in there throughout the episode. And it was just, it was great. And Kermit was out there talking to Tom and Tom was like, it's great that you're producing for us, Kermit. But if you're out here, who's in the booth? And Kermit does like the flail and takes off running. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I mean, they're, like Fozzie the bear is dating a human. So, you know, we have this, you know, he's dating someone who isn't like himself and then having to deal with being accepted by the parents. That's <laughs> and, and which is, I mean, how many people, everybody seems to go through that at some point in your life. So I know it's like Fozzie the bear, but you just want to feel so bad for him because nothing's going right. I do. Well, and then the dad, the dad of the girl he's dating says, well, where are their kids going to go to the bathroom outside by a tree? <laughs> and Fozzie gets all upset and like, that's a stereotype. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, and yes. so in the second episode, oh, Jay Leno, because in the second episode, Fozzie's with Jay Leno and he's so excited to be there and he starts stealing stuff from his house to commemorate these epic moments. Well, he gets away <laughs> with stealing this candy dish and he's going to take it back, and then he drops it, and so it breaks. And then he's in there, and Jaden hasn't even noticed that the candy dish is gone or anything, and Jay Leno asked him to be his opening act in Vegas, and he's all excited. Everything would have been great if he had just stopped there until he tried to steal this little brass rooster and stick it under his hat. And then he gets thrown out of Jay Leno's house. And you know who, who, what else cracked me up was Scooter with Elizabeth Banks driving her around <laughs> yeah. in the golf cart. And she's finally just like, cause he's so, Scooter's so sort of just, I don't know, like almost a sociopath. Like he doesn't deal with people in a normal way. So, he, you know, she's trying to talk to him and he's just like, you know, it created this great comedy. And we have to give credit too to the actors who come in because Mark Hamill had to sell us on Yoda. They have to act with a puppet and sell us that they're legitimately talking to it. What does he? Scooter says to the prawn Muppet, "Hey Pepe, how was your cousin's wedding?" And the it's a little prawn Muppet, and he says, "Uh, her dress was ick, but you know there aren't that many options when you're pregnant with like four thousand babies." <laughs> So not PC, but it's, you know, like her dress is, because uh, you never tell a girl her that their dress was ick, uh, even if you think that. And then, you know, <laughs> 4,000, not just one baby, but you're pregnant with 4,000 babies. So, yeah, they're definitely, um, you know, touching on everything, even the joking about the legalization of marijuana, yeah. which 
you wouldn't have seen on the Muppets. No. Uh, for sure. That I don't think they would have gone there, but um, in the as the old version, the original version of the Muppets. So. Well, there's the one character whose name I don't know. He kind of looks like a little bit of a monster, but he's Piggy's tailor. And Kermit says something to him about, did she find out what dress size she wears or what size she wears? And he says, I've weaved such a web of lies. She doesn't know how much she weighs, what size she wears, what size shoes she wears. <laughs> I was just like, wow, that's pretty good. And then I actually started thinking about it. I was like, well, how does she go and buy any of her own clothes? Well, she doesn't, Well, does I she? guess not. I mean, I started thinking about them like they were real people, which is super sad. But um, I think most celebrities will want to be on this show because I think a lot of people really like working with the Muppets. It's just the vibe I get. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But Well, and probably a, uh, there's a lot of op- opportunity to cross-promote, too, mm-hmm. you know, to be on. It, well, and that's part of the joke, right, on these late shows that they're – always bringing on people to promote something so that's almost part of the gag so you could have a meta inside a meta almost whoo i feel sorry for the people keeping track of all and there's a lot of different running storylines so they're not trying to do it you know they're doing keeping track of a lot of things like we had to keep track of in the office or a lot mm-hmm. of different kermit does a muppet flail at one point where he's sitting on the corner of a desk and he does a flail the romance between Groban, Josh Groban and Piggy was great <laughs> because Kermit calls Josh Groban a dork. He was like, move out of the way, dork. And he's like, I think you forget. I'm a frog. I can jump because Josh Groban wasn't letting him in the room. And he jumps only just as high as Josh Groban's chest and just like lands right into him. Oh, yeah. I remember when Kermit talks, looks at his gut. when. He oh, yeah. <laughs> Piggy says he's been eating too much. And he's like, he's like, no. If I suck it in, it goes away, right? He's like, I maybe not. Yeah, that was almost a modern family type moment there. So that's what it felt like to me. But where he's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh well. But <laughs> so let's talk about that relationship with Josh Groban really quick. Because it kind of fits into some of the stuff we talk about. So she's letting Josh Groban... Piggy's letting Groban make all these like changes to her show and all this stuff. And so they want to get rid of Groban because the show is starting to be really terrible. And so Kermit has this great idea to, on the big sign outside of their building, to say Josh Groban presents Late Night with Miss Piggy. And he takes <laughs> Piggy and, and Josh Groban out to go and look. And you just see the look on her face go, <laughs> what? And Kermit goes, well, you know, it's just great. You're such an independent woman and stuff, Miss Piggy, but, you know, you're not afraid to admit when you can't do something without the help of a man. <laughs> and at that point, Miss Piggy's like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> Miss Piggy's predictable on that. Definitely, well, he knows how to pull her strings. I don't know, it's so funny because Josh Groban, he's a good egg about letting them make fun of him mm-hmm. uh, or you know just what people think about him so that's you have to well and that's part of, part of that whole you know a lot of the late shows people you know Matt Damon's the butt of pretty much all of Jimmy Kimmel's jokes <laughs> all the time right now on, I've been watching a lot of Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Fallon but on Colbert the butt of almost every joke is Donald Trump right now 
and it oh. just cracked me up. I mean, it's just like, you know, Colbert's very political, obviously, because the show he did before was politics based. It's just so funny. Actually, I was a fan of David Letterman. Also, sometimes David would go on a lot of political stuff. He would have people on. So it fits in the sort of how that show, the history of that show but Colbert's funnier, and he, when he gets his geek on mm-hmm. about stuff, oh my gosh, he's totally. There were a few, especially some of the the up and coming actresses. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, just David Letterman did not know what to do with her. She would just throw him off his game, mm-hmm. and Colbert will be able to keep up with those those young ladies. I remember Letterman was just like blushing at the end of Je- that one of his Jennifer Lawrence interviews. <laughs> He, like, couldn't even, like, he's, like, I guess he just was, you know, he's an older guy, and he just couldn't deal with these young women that just didn't care what they said. So, it was funny. I have a question for you, or but we figured we'd finish with the Muppets first. So, overall, you like it? Yes, I am. I look forward to the Muppets. I have it on my DVR set, so that's, you know, some some shows I want to record so I can see them all in some shows I'm like ah if I catch them in reruns I'll be okay so it's on my hit my record list it is on my record list too um if you haven't gotten a chance to check it out it is on Tuesday nights on ABC I want to say it comes on at 7 7 to seven thirty central time so 8 8 30 eastern check it out give it a give it a run you may like it you may not like it I I think it's it'll take everybody maybe like Two or three episodes, so give it a couple episodes, and then you'll just be laughing like the rest of us. And I live tweet if I'm watching it live, so I didn't get to watch the second episode live, but you can catch us talking about it on Twitter for sure. So speaking of late night talk shows, we don't really talk about this much, but Colbert had Lupita Nyong'o on the other night. Yes, he did. And it was actually a pretty good one. I mean, but I figured he might talk to her more about Star Wars, but maybe he's saving that. For once, he'll probably have them on after The Force Awakens comes out because he made a comment about Star Wars. You don't need Star Wars. You've got every other movie. Um, Exactly. (laughs) And like she's doing a play. She was on there to plug her play that she has. But she was just so cute and fun to listen to. She is very intelligent you know her her mom and her dad she was born in mexico and she actually schooled colbert a little bit on that lupita was what do you say well that's the only thing you look up and she said not if you were to look that up say in mexico which is where she was born you would see lupita on a lot of things so i thought that was you know interesting that she wasn't afraid to just correct him Mm -hmm. and tell him it it is a beautiful name but it's kind of neat because her she's you know, she just had this very, uh, how would I say, like a worldly growing up where she's been all over the world because of her parents, her dad's job. And then, you know, her mom sounds like she's very educated, very inspiring. And then, you know, she decided to come to America to go to school. And then what I I just think and the play she's doing, which I need to look this up, it sounds incredible. And it's they already extended the play for as long as they could and literally there she's ending it right when she'd have to go essentially on her press tour mm. so yeah and she was funny she did the the walk the walk the walking was great she talked to colbert about um how she used to do all these like funny walks and so he asked her to do one 
Well, he did one first. His was like the the guy that's like too cool for school but's not paying attention walk, you know, and he like falls down the stairs. Well, she did. What was hers called? Well, but you know the thing was you could see that she could do cuz motion captions about doing being the physicality of the character and she was so good at at doing this. Oh, was paranoid person walking down the street with Oh, what was it? But it was so funny because she had these amazing heels on and she did this whole funny walk where she's half falling down. Here it is. So. It's Lupita Nyong'o. You can actually look this up on YouTube. Lupita Nyong'o and Steven do silly walks. The nice thing now about Late Show, too, is you can pretty much find everything that happens on a Late Show. If anything cool happens, it'll be on YouTube the next day. Mm-hmm. So, But I do like to watch it live. And I'm sure Colbert is going to do some killer Star Wars interviews because... He is a crazy big Star Wars fan. As a matter of fact, I believe he's interviewed George Lucas mm-hmm. before. At Celebration, right? I think it was at Celebration. Uh, five. If oh, rec- paranoid oh. person whose pants are falling down. <laughs> that was it. And it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And she was there to promote Eclipse. And it's a war story that focuses on the, on the lives of Liberian women. And it's written by The Walking Dead's Denai Guerrera. I thought that was really cool. And she said, despite it sounding like a very tragic story, it was filled with comedy. She said, and she explained that when you essentially, no matter what's going on in your life, even if it's a tragic war going on, you still have to find a way to get through it. And this, in this case, you know, people can still find humor in their moments that they are surviving through things so it was fun i really can't wait for our cast from the force awakens to start being on these late night shows because for some reason i love late night shows but right now i'm really watching fallon and colbert so i i just can't wait i think it's going to be really good and i can't wait for some of the games that jimmy fallon will play with them like box of lies i love that he did that with um jennifer lawrence he did it with jennifer lawrence and it was hilarious What's your Disney Vault talks that have been recently for people to catch oh, up man. on? Yeah, if you want to catch up on some shows, um, let's see. Disney Vault Talk, we've been doing a lot of stuff. We just um, finished The Rescuers Down Under, so we are officially in 1990. We are in the Disney Renaissance. If you're looking for a really good show to check out, I would check out the Little Mermaid episode. We had Steve's sister, Becca, on, and she was... A delight and so funny. It was like having four doses of Steve. We were talking about the Lion King for a second, and she just she just sings this. She goes, "Oh my God, there's penguins on my body," and apparently that's what she sings with the Lion King when the music is opening for Circle of Life. <laughs> it works. It I can does. See it. It's really funny. But that whole episode. We're we're just dying. It was really, really good. So we're getting into some of the heavy hitters. We're still working on it, but tentatively speaking, we'll have Mark Newbold from Jedi News for Beauty and the Beast and James Arnold Taylor for Aladdin. It's about to get crazy. What about you with Hyperspace Series? Force Friday dropped a lot of stuff, so <laughs> we had to go over a lot of stuff. That All the things that came up in the databank and... Obviously, have you caught up on all the books? Because I still feel like I'm reading all of them. Um, No, I'm still reading. Well, I can talk about that in a minute with Bookworms. Hyperspace series, just we covered 
everything on Force Friday, it was so it wasn't really anything spoilery. Is more kind of where we thought things were, especially in the state of the galaxy, in what we know from Aftermath and Shattered Empire, which please can't come out the rest of it soon enough. I think we're getting it one a week after this week that'll go up. So, and then after this, you should be able to find a fangirls going rogue next week that'll yeah. cover Star Wars Rebels press conferences and Geek Girl Con and Rebels is going to be premiering on the same day. So that's crazy. So definitely look forward to that. Yep. And then on Star Wars Bookworms, we just did um, our Dark Disciple. I don't think it's out yet, but it is coming. But we just did our review of Dark Disciple. And you actually will hear me kind of tear up and cry for the first time on a books podcast. Coming up here, we're taking a little bit of a break away from Journey of the Force Awakens because we are going to be covering the last two Zero Leonis Jr. novels. Um, before we jump into Aftermath and Lost Stars, because we did the first one, and I know there's people out there who are reading those and who are really into that story, and we feel it's only right for us to finish up that trilogy. So we're going to finish reviewing those. Well, Sarah's not here, um, but they just did a, was it two-year anniversary? Two-year anniversary show for Skywalking Through Neverland. And they have some other really great content, as well as a show called Step in Time, if you've never heard it. It's basically kind of like Disney Vault Talk, but they're doing live action movies, um, and mostly just the ones from, like, the 70s, um, or 60s and 70s. And I think they just did The Parent Trap with Margaret Carey. See what they think of a new Mary Poppins movie. Oh, you're going to get that on the next, or on the, well, yeah, you can hear what I think about that on the Rescuers Down Under Disney Vault. Oh, okay. There you go. I'll have to check that out then. Yeah. As soon as I, as soon as that episode goes out, you'll be able to hear that for sure. So coming up here on Fangirl Chat, though, we are going to be talking about Mockingjay, our kind of ramp up to Mockingjay, hopefully sometime soon, as well as some other cool stuff because we're going to have some movies coming out. I know for sure I want to do an episode about the Peanuts movie, which comes out next week. And then other things. And so if you guys have any suggestions of stuff you want to hear from Fangirl Chat, other geeky things, send us an email to the Fangirls Going Rogue email, fangirlsgoingrogue at gmail.com, or you can tweet at fggoingrogue. And just use the hashtag Fangirl Chat. That way we know that it's about that. Or you can put it on the Fangirls Going Rogue Facebook page. Trisha, where can they find you? You can find me at Fangirl Cantina. You can also find me at www.fangirlblog.com, which is revamped and beautiful, and Fangirl Zone on Facebook. Cool. And if you want to find me, I am pretty much everywhere on most all social medias. Um, I am at Ice Cold Penguin. I almost forgot what I was for a second. Really? Uh, I don't know why. I was trying to type in your website name because you said it was new and fancy. Oh, it is new and fancy. Go look at Fangirl Blog. Really <laughs> awesome. I love it. I like yeah. this design a lot. I love that. And so you can find me on every everywhere online at Ice Cold Penguin. You can also find me over at fangirlnextdoor.com on my website there with the things that I post. I don't post nearly as often as Trisha does, but you can check us both out on those respective sites. And, you know, until next, geek on.